Something's going on here. Something's going on, and it doesn't make any sense. Not only does it not make sense, it's bad, and it makes less sense for the future, and it means we stink, and we're not going to win as much. The Red Wings can't lose a hockey game. Red Wings beat the Leafs. Um, spank Montreal tonight. Granted, Montreal, those guys stink. You want to talk about tanking? You want to talk about a team that absolutely needs Connor Bedard? Otherwise, they may never win a hockey game again. Forget the playoffs. Forget the cup. Montreal. Those guys are brutal. <laughs> they're, they're fucking atrocious. Toronto, I don't really get how we beat them. Um, I know Marner sat out, but it's in Toronto. They're a playoff team. Like these guys are trying to tune up a little bit before the playoffs. It's Marco Casper's NHL debut. We had like five kids in the lineup under the age of 21. And we kind of, they outshot us if I, if my memory serves, but the game didn't feel super uneven. Like Detroit was in there. Detroit had some chances. We fought a little bit. We stood up for ourselves. Obviously the best part of the game, I guess, other than winning that clip of Marco Casper, Lucas Raymond, Simon Edmondson, and Mo Sider all mixing it up with the Maple Leafs. Um, Michael Bunting being an absolute pussy. What else is new? The Red Wings can't lose, though. It's gotten to the point in the year where it's time to lose. It would be in everybody's best interest to lose. It makes more sense than anything to lose to try and go get that generational talent in Connor Bedard or even the next best thing in Adam Fantilli. And these guys can't do it. The Detroit Red Wings of the last eight years are nowhere to be found. The Detroit Red Wings of the last four months, five months, nowhere to be found. These guys all of a sudden can't lose a hockey game when it matters most. I know that mathematically, I think the playoffs are still, like, I think they're possible. I think it is it is mathematically possible that the Red Wings make the playoffs. But we would need to win out. I think, like, Pittsburgh would need to lose out. Um like Washington would need to lose. There's like two or three teams that would essentially need to lose out and we need to win out. So in other words, it won't be happening. So it's, it's a shame. It's a little bit of a shame that like, you know, we've gotten this far and we could just lose a few more. Like we did it plenty. We lost plenty. We did it enough where the playoffs weren't a possibility or weren't anything we were thinking about. We did it enough that it forced Steve Eiserman's hand to be like, fuck it, dude. These guys, no, fuck it. Let's get rid. Let's get a couple picks. Let's just, we'll, we'll do it next year. We'll figure it out next year. We lost enough to get to that point. We lost enough for the head man to lose faith in, in his guys, in his team that he put out there, all of the moves that he made to do as best as we possibly could in the year 2023. We lost enough for him to go, this stinks, dude. Throw trash it. Get rid of it. We'll start over next year. And now right where we could potentially be handsomely rewarded by the hockey gods and the NHL and Gary Bettman with a working brain, right when that could potentially happen, we're beating playoff teams left, right, and center. I mean, we're beating Pittsburgh. We're beating Carolina. We're beating Toronto. Like, we just – we're beating everybody. We've got four 18-year-olds. Doesn't fucking matter. Marco Casper in game one. Edmondson in, like, game four. Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond in year two. Doesn't fucking matter. We got a guy named Robert Hag that's on the team. He plays Robert Hag. If you asked anybody in the city of Detroit a month ago who Robert Hag was, nobody, they don't have a clue who he is today. We're making trades. We go and get this chase on guy. I think he was part of the Hronick deal to Vancouver. 
Nobody thought anything about, about him. He wasn't supposed to be someone. He wasn't supposed to matter. This guy's just a power play machine. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess it's cool, though. I guess it's kind of cool that the Red Wings that the Red Wings are winning. I guess it's kind of cool, dude. I don't know. I can't look at it any other way. I can't be pissed about it. What am I going to come on, yell and scream and cry about the Red Wings winning fucking hockey games? That's all I've wanted since I was a freshman in college, brother. That's all I've wanted since I was a freshman in college. Yeah, is it a little bit annoying that now is when they decide to figure it out and beat Toronto and beat Pittsburgh and take it to all these different playoff teams? Yeah, that's a little annoying. Yeah, I wish I wish they figured it out in February or in March. Yes, I wish this happened a month ago rather than right now. Uh, it is what it is. We got a lot bigger problems in the city of Detroit, um, the sports teams. We've got a lot bigger problems. We've had bigger problems. We we have them now, and we will have them in the future than the Red Wings winning a couple games in April. We do have bigger problems than that. I hate to break it to you. Um, the Tigers, on the other hand, after getting swept by the Tampa Bay Rays, one of the lowest payroll teams in baseball, Sure, they've been pretty good. Sure, they've had their years. The Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field, who probably had, I don't know, like 12 people inside of it cumulatively for the opening weekend. After getting swept by the Tampa Bay Rays, the Detroit Tigers all of a sudden might fuck around and win the AL Central. These guys own the Houston Astros. The Detroit Tigers own the Houston Astros. You can put it on the books. Swept. By the Tampa Bay Rays. Scored like one run in three games. Same old shit. Everybody, same old fucking Tigers. Let's run it again this year. It's going to be the same thing. We won't score. The pitching will be eh at best. Nobody's going to be exciting. Maybe Riley Green will make a diving catch or two. The rookies don't look great. Some of these guys that were promised and billed to be the next big thing don't seem that they will be. And we lose three in a row to the Tampa Bay Rays inside of an empty fucking garage. Not great. But then these guys bounce back. We go to Houston yesterday. Mind you, I'm recording this on Tuesday. So we go to Houston Monday. We beat Hunter Brown, up and coming, maybe the future, the future ace of that Houston rotation. Detroit boy from St. Clair Shores went to Wayne State, kind of an under the radar. Of course, the Tigers didn't find him out. Our first overall pick. Coming off Tommy John, he hasn't done a single thing for us. Houston finds this Hunter Brown out of Wayne State right under Detroit's nose. He looks like the next big thing. Go figure. But we take it to him. We find a way to win. One and three. Then today, Spencer Torkelson is hitting ding-dongs. Riley Green is hitting lasers. Everybody's feeling good. I think we scored seven runs, six or seven runs, which is a 1,000 in Detroit Tigers terms, right? We're 2-0 against the Houston Astros, against the best fucking team in baseball. The returning, or defending, I should say, World Series champions. One of those teams that good teams haven't been able to figure out over the last few years. They got busted for the cheating. It didn't matter. They keep fucking winning. Finally, finally, the Tigers break through. Finally, the Tigers score a couple runs. And wouldn't you know it, it's against arguably the best fucking team in baseball. I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. I don't know what what's going on. I don't know how you get swept by the Tampa Bay Rays and then win two in a row against Houston. And when you're listening to this Wednesday morning, maybe you're driving to work. 
Maybe you're at lunch. Maybe you're on your way home from work. Maybe you're at the gym. Maybe uh, you could be doing a lot of different things. Whenever you're listening to this, Detroit Tigers, they got a chance to sweep the Houston Astros right back. They got a chance to get a sweep of their own and get to 500 like that heading back to Detroit for opening day in the Motor City. Isn't that a thing of beauty? How would that be? Look, opening day in Detroit's going to be a fun time. There's going to be people out. They'll be drinking. I think I think that game is Thursday. <laughs> Fucking work. Work. If, if it's above 40 degrees and the sun is anywhere remotely out, Detroit's going to be buzzing. People are going to be up and at them for that game. If you can put together a sweep of the Houston Astros – Coming back home, Spencer Torkelson's starting to find it. Struggled against Tampa. He's starting to find it. From what I have seen, from what I have read. Now, hand up. Hand up, guys. I'm going to confess one to you. I haven't watched a single one of these games. I haven't. I don't know what you want me to say. First off, um, they're starting last week. They're starting at 1 p.m. Eastern, which is 10 a.m. my time. Work. Nobody takes... Well, the Tigers are playing as an excuse at work, sadly. Another thing, they're the Tigers, right? Even though this is pretty fun right now, we're two and three. Let's see how long we can ride this out. This probably isn't going to end very well. This probably won't be my tone talking about the Detroit Tigers in, I don't know, like two weeks. We got to cherish this while it lasts. It's fun. We're two and three. We just beat Houston twice. Spencer Torkelson, he hit a fucking yabo ding, ding, dong, ding. That's pretty fun. We got to cherish that shit. Two weeks, will this be the same case? Two weeks, we might we might sweep the Houston Astros and two weeks from now be 3-11. and 11. That very well could be the case. Who knows? But for right now, we're 2-3 and three and we own the best team in baseball. I'll take that. Our rookies are playing well. There's a couple signs of life. And mind you, this is all in Tigers years. It's like dog years. A sign of life for the Detroit Tigers isn't even a blip on the radar for the New York Yankees, for the Houston Astros, for any of those guys. You got to keep that in mind. It's all comparative here. Tigers get a base knock. That may as well be Aaron Judge hitting a home run in his first at-bat this year. It may as well be. It is pretty funny, though. It is pretty funny that this team, you get swept by Tampa, and then now we're 2-0 against the Houston Astros. We'll see, dude. I, I feel like the thing for the Tigers this year, it's the same shit that it's been for every other team, except for like what it will be for the Lions this year. It's the same shit that it's been for all the others for the past 10, dude. Can some of the rookies do some stuff? Can guys like improve a little bit? And do they look like they care? Do they look interested? Is there any sort of sense of like, fuck this, we're not going to lose today. That's pretty much it. It's not even like, let's go 500. Let's make a playoff run. Let's see if we can't sneak in the wild card. Let's win 90 games. None of that. None of that shit is in play. Fucking not a single one of those things is even close to the front of my mind when it comes to the Detroit Tigers. It's hopefully Torkelson, hopefully Riley Green, maybe this Nick Maytone, um, Kreidler, if he gets any reps, like maybe some of these rookies do some stuff. Hopefully some of the young pitchers take another step and we'll lose 80, 90, 100 games and that'll be it and we'll see what happens next year. That's kind of my approach to this Tiger season. So right now, winning a couple games against the league's best, I'll take that. And winning that game off the backs of the two rookies playing playing well, I'll absolutely take that. I will absolutely take that. 
if you're a diehard Tigers fan, and look, I just fessed up. I just fessed up. I didn't watch any of those Tampa games. I haven't watched either of the Houston games. I probably won't watch tomorrow. It'll be on again while I'm at work because they always fucking are on the East Coast. It's so annoying. But again, I'm not going to watch Houston tomorrow, most likely. If you're a diehard Tigers fan, you I, I, I really hope you're taking some solace in those things. Like when Spencer Torkelson has a good game, hits a triple and hits a home run, I really hope you're like, all right, great. Even if you lose that game to Houston, even if it doesn't, even if you lose 14 to two, but Torkelson has a solo shot and a triple, I hope you're taking solace in, okay, all right, this first overall pick, the guy they said they could hit clean up the day we drafted him, he looks like he's coming along a little bit. At least take a little bit of solace in that. When you lose 3 nothing and nobody even gets on base, take a little solace in, man, Riley Green saved us at least a run or two making plays in center field. Take a little solace in that. When you lose 4-1 and Terry Scooble gives you seven innings, one earned, take a little solace. Okay, Scooble's coming along. Scooble's starting to deliver more consistently. One after another, big-time outings. Maybe they're not nine innings, no runs. Seven innings, a run. Seven innings, two runs. Okay, we can live with that. We can work with that. It's another step in the right direction. If you're a diehard Tigers fan and you've tuned into all five so far, you're firing off tweets during the game. You're fucking pissed. You feel how I feel when Michigan State basketball plays. If that's how you feel watching guys like Jonathan Scope take at-bats, if that's how you feel when Javi Baez swings at a pitch that bounces off the pitcher's mount, take solace in the little wins, please. For me, for you, for your family, for your dog, for your community, dude, for the spirit of the earth, take a little solace in the good stuff, right? Miguel Cabrera, he ate a fan's nachos. We lost by 96, but that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny when he chased after that fly ball and it took a scoop of the nachos. Have a little fun with it. Take a little bit of solace. Hey, we lost by 22 today. Eric Haas, God, he's got a smooth swing, doesn't he? He hit one out. Take a little bit of solace. Anywhere you can get it because I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe this thing will become something. Maybe Spencer Torkelson is Barry Bonds reincarnated. Maybe. This team fucks around and goes and keeps it interesting in the AL Central this year. Maybe that happens. Maybe we go 500. Maybe we win 80 games. Who fucking knows? I don't think that'll happen. Um, I think pretty much everybody on the planet Earth would agree that that's not going to happen, but it might. Leicester City won the Premier League. You never know. The guy from the Goonies just won an Oscar. You never fucking know what might happen. So we'll see. But if that, if, you know, if it doesn't go that way and it goes how we expect it to go, like we're looking at 90 losses, we're looking at a hundred losses. We're talking about how bad this team is like two weeks from now. We're talking about how, who's going to be the first overall pick in the month of June. Like when we're there, if we're there, knock on wood, I don't know. I can't read the fortune. I don't have a crystal ball. Just, just the little things. Just the little things with this team because it's like, like I, I hope like those people, I hope you've enjoyed those two games against Houston. I really hope they were up four, nothing or four, one the other night they pitched to Jordan Alvarez. He hits an absolute mammoth bomb out to the right field, cheap seats. It's four, four. And everybody who's ever watched Tigers baseball before in their entire lives 
looked at that box score, watched that play, and went, yep, we're losing this game. And the Tigers somehow fought back. They scored another run. They scored another run. They had four, and they somehow scored another run, and they won the fucking baseball game. And then today, Houston's probably coming into today like, the fuck? We just lost to the Detroit Tigers? That we should never, ever, in a million years, even play in a close game with those guys, let alone lose to them. And we've got the rookies playing well. Spencer Torkelson, who everybody wants to ask questions about already. How old Spencer Torkelson? By the way, like 21. Everybody's already wants to go with the, how long do I have to wait? And I hear you. I agree with you. I wish Spencer Torkelson came out and hit seven home runs a night. I wish Spencer Torkelson made Aaron Judge look like he was swinging a piece of dried pasta. I really do wish that was the case. Guy's 23 years old. This is his second year in the big leagues. Mike Trout was in the minors for like seven years or something fucking crazy. This guy's 23. It's year two. Let's relax. There's a reason every scout on earth said he was the guy at 1-1. There's a reason he broke Barry Bonds' records at Arizona State. There's a reason that they said he could hit cleanup day one for the Detroit Tigers when he got picked as like a 20-year-old sophomore in Tempe. Like there's a reason for all of that. I'm not saying he's going to be Barry Bonds. I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Judge. What I am saying is writing him off after his first year, after his rookie year at the age of 22, that seems a little premature. That seems a little fast to write off the guy that you kind of need to be the cornerstone of your franchise. That seems a little quick to write off the guy that you spent absolutely precious draft capital on, that everybody said was a can't miss, that you fucking need to be somebody. It seems a little quick to write off someone who's struggling in his first year in the bigs and is on a team full of bumps. Like I'd maybe understand if last year the, the Tigers are chasing a World Series and Spencer Torkelson, we call him up. We need another bat. We could really use another bat. He's sitting sixth, seventh, eighth, something like that. We just one more bat that can provide a little bit of fear would go a long way. I get it then. A little bit, I get it. I still don't fully get it. But all right, I could hear you out. You're going for the World Series. This guy's supposed to be the fucking man. He's breaking Barry Bonds' records. We need a bat late in the order. Let's call him up. Let's see what he can do. He could be the difference between winning and losing a World Series. I understand that a little bit more. When you're going to lose a trillion games with or without Spencer Torkelson, whether or not Spencer Torkelson hits 100 or 500, whether he hits five home runs or 50, you're going to lose a hundred games, no matter what the case is with this kid. It feels a little early, a little wrong, a little misguided to go, Oh, the the 22 year old first round pick in his first year struggled a little bit, even though he tore it up in single light, tore it up in double light, tore it up in triple light. He's struggling a little bit to get used to the major league level. Yeah. This guy's nothing. This guy, let's move on. That feels a little bit early. And there are people in the Detroit media. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I predicted Spencer Torkelson going crazy. And again, by no means has Spencer Torkelson gone crazy. Um, We've played five games. He had a home run tonight. He had a triple tonight. That's not, that's nothing. He didn't fucking break a world record or anything. He's not Shohei Otani. He didn't do anything that crazy. He just hit a home run. He just had a good game. And we've kind of been waiting. Even earlier in the season, the people that you follow, like if you are into the Tigers, you are living, breathing, eating, dying, shitting with this team successfully. 
you must be starving, constipated, sleep deprived, all kinds of things if that's the case. But if you're one of those people, I'm sure you're following people who cover the Tigers. And from what I've seen, Torque's been barreling them up. He's been hitting hard hit balls at infielders, at outfielders, ground balls, line drives. He's been hitting stuff that's gotten caught. He's been hitting it hard. He's been finding barrels. Hasn't quite put any out. Hasn't quite found as many holes. But he's been hitting the ball hard. That's all you can do in baseball. Baseball's fucked up in that way. You can absolutely smoke one on a direct line, on a frozen rope, where that thing is accelerating upward the entire way, and it can still get caught. And you can be out. And that can be the same as missing three times. It's a fucked up game, baseball is. But the more you smoke baseballs, the more you just crack one right on the screws, the more that happens, the more it's going to find a hole. The more you're going to get on base, the more it's going to go over the wall, the more it's going to work out in your favor and things are going to start to happen and you're going to trust yourself and you're going to feel feel more confident. Excuse me. I just had dinner. You're going to feel more confident. Oh, why is my camera out of focus? Why is this fucking thing out of focus, dude? You're going to feel more uh, confident and things are going to work and it's going to come along. I don't know why my camera's out of focus, dude. That's pissing me right off. So be patient with Torque. Celebrate Torque. Celebrate him today. Celebrate him what he did yesterday. Be patient with the guy. You know what I mean? Like, if he has a couple bad games, a couple bad weeks, let's not cast them off to, to the island of misfit toys. Like, we need Spencer Torkelson to be good. Just have a little patience. The, him having a good game, those are the victories for the Detroit Tigers this year. They're two and three. They own the Astros in the meantime. Quick break. Um, I don't know. It's not going to be a long episode. There's not shit to talk about anymore, dude. College basketball's over. College football's a long way away. NFL's a long way away. Red Wings are done. <laughs> Red Wings, we can't even talk about getting Connor Bedard. The Tigers just started. You could talk about the Tigers, but, you know. Yeah, well, right. I, I kind of just said it. The thing with the Tigers, you know, we talked about them today. We're talking about them right now. They're two and three. We own the Houston Astros. It's great. There's really nothing in Detroit. The Pistons, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus Christ. Troy Weaver penned a letter to the fans talking about the rebuild and saying a bunch of bullshit that doesn't matter because they'll probably be the worst team in the NBA again next year. So that was nice of him to... I don't know. I don't want to say think we're dumb enough to be like, oh, this guy's the man even though he's going to put another losing product out next year. I I guess it's a nice thought. We'll see what happens. If they get Wembanyama, all right. All right. Then we can talk a little bit about the Pistons, I think. But for the last couple of years, we keep getting guys. I heard Jaden Ivey, what a steal. I hear about he had a pretty good season. I watched Jaden Ivey play. He looks pretty fucking good. Doesn't matter. Cade Cunningham, I know he's out this year. Same shit last year, though. He's the guy. He's the franchise player. He's so great. Watch him play. I also think he's pretty good. Doesn't fucking matter. All these guys don't fucking matter. We're the worst team in the NBA every year. Excuse me if I'm not like, oh my God. Oh my God. Troy Weaver wrote an open letter to the fans. We're so back. Excuse me if I'm not doing that. It's not really shit to talk about in Detroit. And we're heading into the summer and I'm going to double down into talking about other fun stuff. Other funny activities. Just more of a comedy. Comedy type show. Um, we'll We'll... we'll I'll keep you posted. We'll launch the different feed for that. One more thing I do want to talk about today's episode, though. I want to take a quick break. 
And then I want to talk about the, the Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, NCAA women's national title thing. Just the fucking, the reactions, everything about it. I, I don't, I don't get it. So just a couple minutes, quick break. All right. If you're listening to this, I assume you've already seen it. The Angel Reese, Kaylin Clark thing, Iowa LSU national championship women's basketball. I guess. Okay. I guess Caitlin Clark, a couple games ago, they're playing Louisville. Caitlin Clark either hit a shot or the game's over. I don't really know. Didn't watch the game, but kill it. Caitlin Clark hits the John Cena. You can dun, 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 dun. She did the whole thing. She ran out. She bounced off the ropes. She does the, you can't see me to either the Louisville bench, a player on Louisville or her bench. I don't, again, don't know who, but for, she just goes. And then that's all that they have on the replay. So in the spirit of that, I guess LSU found it extremely disrespectful that she would do that celebration against Louisville. So LSU wins. Clock's winding down. They're up like 15. The game's been over for a while. And Angel Reese, LSU's, I guess, best player, even though that Alexa Morris girl was, or Alexis Morris was easily their best player in the national championship. If anybody should have been hitting WWE moves, it should have been her with the people's fucking elbow or like the 619, dial it up, something, sweet chin music. I don't care. It should have been Alexis Morris if anybody's going to dance on Kaylin Clark's grave. But Angel Reese does it. She, she's the Bayou Barbie, I believe. So I think she's their like most notable player. I don't know if her sister goes to Louisville. Um, I don't know if she grew up a Louisville fan. I don't know what it is about Caitlin Clark hitting this against Louisville that drove Angel Reese up a wall so much that she spent the last like 20 seconds of the game following Caitlin Clark around the floor, just spamming the you can't see me move and then pointing to a ring. Now, that caused a riot. Half the people are saying, what a classless piece of garbage. Dave Portnoy famously said a classless piece of shit. Obviously, he entered the war. Um, everybody calling him racist. Everybody, of course, it's Barstool, whatever. And then on the flip side, there's people going, I love it. That's trash talk. This is what sports are about. Why, why does every single person need to be upset about it? Why does everybody need to be upset about it? There's some people that are upset because they genuinely think it's classless, a lack of sportsmanship. There's some people that are upset because people are saying it's classless and a lack of sportsmanship. And there's a vast majority, or at least a loud majority, I'm not sure which it is, that would love and and their favorite part about sports is whenever they can make it political. And in this case, they had a fucking meatball set up on the tee for them. Kaylin Clark, white chick, plays for Iowa. The whole team's white. I don't know. It was pretty funny. Watching the game, I was like, this is – how does Iowa have zero black chicks and how does LSU have zero white chicks? It was pretty funny watching. I digress. LSU – or Iowa, Kaylin Clark, white chick, team's all white. LSU, Angel Reese, black chick, everybody on their team's black. Or at least everybody that played, probably why they won. Joke. 
And those people come crawling out of the woodwork. You know the ones, dude. The fucking cockroaches. The little worms. Just all of the people who like enjoy being miserable. All of those people who, whether it was like Trump or COVID or I don't know what, but politics have poisoned their brain to the point where they can't like enjoy their lives. God forbid you enjoy yours. Nothing can happen that they see without it somehow being political. Anytime there is a moment, a newsworthy event that they can use to scream and yell and shout about why their political stance is more correct than yours. And if you disagree with them, you're a fucking scumbag. Um, Those people ate it up naturally. I don't, it's a shame. It's a shame. Like, there's so many different things. A, I don't get how anybody really cares because it's a fucking sport. It's the national championship. These are two of the best players in the country, I assume. They're the two best teams in the country. They are quite literally playing for it all. The stakes have never been higher in anybody's career associated with that game. Of course, they're emotional. Of course, Caitlin Clark in Iowa, they're probably fucking angry. Angel Reese, she's probably on top of the world. Of course, she can talk shit. She's about to win the Natty. Her team's better than Caitlin's. They just whoop their ass. She can talk shit. Of course, Caitlin Clark's going to not say anything. She just got her ass beat. She just lost the Natty. Of course, all of this is going to happen. Why is it that people need to freak out? about it. Why does it need to become World War III? Okay. She followed her around and did this and then the game ended. Fucking who cares? Caitlin Clark didn't react. In the press conference they asked her and she goes, all right, well, she won. Like, I trash talk too. She can trash talk. They won. I got no problem with it. Boom. Game. Why is anybody? That's it. Caitlin Clark doesn't give a fuck. Why do you give a fuck? Caitlin Clark didn't even acknowledge that shit when it happened in real time. So why are you on Twitter 48 hours later yelling at some stranger about how they shouldn't have the stance that they have? It makes no sense. And why does it have to be a race thing? Why does it have to be political, dude? Why? If that was, if Angel Reese was LeBron James and Caitlin Clark was Steph Curry, or Jason Tatum, or Russell Westbrook, or fucking anyone, Kobe, anybody, dude, anybody, it doesn't matter. If that was LeBron following Steph Curry around, doing the you can't see me after LeBron just beat him in the finals, there would be everybody, everybody would have something to say about it. Everybody. And I'm sure it would be annoying because it'd be the same bullshit where Steph Curry would probably go, he won, he can talk trash, it's part of the game. And there would still be the the hordes of people who ride LeBron's dick going, you're a, you're a fucking loser, you hate greatness for calling him classless. And there'd be the other half of people who don't like LeBron who would say, what a classless fucking loser. It could be and LeBron and, and, and Steph Curry, that shit would happen. It could be Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. Granted, it'd be a much lesser scale that people cared and talked about it, that shit would still happen. It could be Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi and the entire planet would be in a war over it. And not a single person would talk about race. Not one person would go, 
well, 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 you're just saying that because he's Portuguese and Messi's Argentinian. No one would be saying that. Nobody would be saying, it's because LeBron's dark skin and Steph's light skin. Nobody would be saying that. If it was instead of, Pat, let's say it was Patrick Kane and Connor McDavid, nobody would be saying, it's because he's American and the other's Canadian. No. Why does it need to be in this case? Like, sure, people roasted K- or, uh, Angel Reese. Sure, people called it classless. Sure, people didn't like it. Sure, people ripped on her. Part of the game. Like, if you're if you're someone who feels the need to, A, staunchly defend Angel Reese, wouldn't, aren't you, like, technically part of the problem in your eyes? Like, why does she need – why do you need to defend her? Why does someone with 22 Twitter followers – and a belly bigger than a fucking beach ball need to defend Angel Reese, who just played a, a college basketball game that nearly 10 million people watched. Why the fuck does she need you to protect her? Isn't that a little counterintuitive? If you're running around talking about, you wouldn't be saying it if this, this, and this. Aren't you like doing the thing you sh- are saying people shouldn't do? Why does she need you to defend her? Would you say the same thing? If it was LeBron and Steph Curry and people had the same outrage, why does it need to be a race thing? Why does it? It shouldn't be that big of a deal to begin with because, again, shit talk is what makes sports great. Shit talk's part of the deal. I've talked about how fun the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry is. Like Rivalries and shit talk and bad blood makes it so much better. doesn't need to be a race thing. Mike Hart, Mark D'Antonio, like trading jabs. That wasn't like black versus white. It's just sports. It's Michigan State, Michigan is what it is. I don't understand that, dude. I don't understand the need. And then the moment Caitlin Clark, on the flip side, the moment Caitlin Clark says, yeah, I didn't really notice it. I just wanted to hang out with my team for the last, the last few moments. Boom. Why is anybody coming after Angel Reese anymore? Who gives a fuck? And I think the most obnoxious part is, 9.9 million people watch that game. The biggest game, the biggest event for women's sports, other than like the Women's World Cup, I suppose, at least in America, like the biggest event for women's sports, I don't know, in my lifetime, like the most people I know talking about it, people on Twitter, everybody. And it just turns into like a race debate, turns into a racial argument. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And I get the people going, you didn't complain when Caitlin Clark did it. The same time, too, like if you're someone who's so entrenched in the race debate thing, um, I feel like you're just lying, though, if you say it's the same. Caitlin Clark, for like 0.2 seconds, she hit timeout. She's like walking back. She does that. And then that's it. Angel Reese. Angel Reese followed her around. Followed her around the court. Followed her around the court. Just that's not the best look. Again, I'm not tweeting about it. I don't really care. I'm not losing my mind, but you know, that's not that's not that cool of shit talk. Like if you got to follow someone around, if you've got to do the celebration or the taunt 40 times, yeah, it loses a little sting. It's probably not as great as you think it is. It's probably not coming off the way you want it to. If you got to follow her around like a puppy dog and she had 30 and she is the best player in the country, it's it's probably not a, a good of a get back or a taunt as you think it is. It's so absurd though. Just like, why does it have to be black versus white? 
Why can't it be a player versus a player? And everybody like everybody feeling the need to defend women, dude, nobody would be this like up in arms and defensive. If it was LeBron and Steph, isn't it all like they're supposed to be equal. People watched a big game. People got emotionally invested in a big game. This is what women's basketball, women's sports has wanted this whole time. Don't turn it into a nuclear fucking fallout when something kind of controversial happens. What Angel Reese did, no matter what anybody looks like, who they play for, what their personality, none of that shit. What Angel Reese did, following her around doing that in any sport, any gender, any color, any country, there are going to be fans who are like, hey, I either thought it was pretty cool or I don't really care. And there will be other fans who go, that was fucking lame. That's that's just how sports work, dude. Steph Curry does his shimmy. Half my friends can't stand it. People like me, I'm like, dude, who gives a fuck? He made 12 threes tonight. He could, the guy could shimmy until next weekend for all I care. Like, it's part of sports. And in that same vein, Angel Reese won. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, maybe it was a little lame. Maybe it was a little bit, you know, after like, 15 seconds of following her around. Maybe she could have called it, but she won. She can do what she wants. It's part of the game. You don't need to come for her throat. And it definitely, definitely doesn't need to turn into politics. That's the worst part about it. It just became politics. The biggest moment in women's basketball. What the fuck? The biggest moment in women's basketball history, like in this country, became a, a political argument for, I don't know, no reason. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. And all of those people having that debate, all of those people making it political, all of those people calling him a racist or calling her a bigot or calling them this or that, all of those people doing that, 99.9999999999% of them don't give a fuck about the game. They just saw an opportunity to talk about some shit that they think matters, but in reality doesn't at all. They just saw something to tell someone else how stupid they are, even though it's not going to change anything for the better. If anything, it'll only make it worse. That's the worst part. 99% of those people engaging in that stuff don't give a fuck about the game or are just using the game. They claim to care about the game, but only want to use it to further their political beliefs. I fucking hate politics. I, oh, God, I hate that shit. Leave it that just like, you got to make this, this sweet sports moment about that. Like nobody, Isaiah and Michael Jordan shit on each other to this day. Nobody makes that political, bro. Drives me fucking nuts, man. All right. That's all I got. I don't want to go that long anyway. Not to get political. Hate politics, not to get political, but fuck me. Didn't have a choice. Um, I don't know if I'll do another episode this week. Like I said, there's not shit to talk about, dude. There's no sports. I All the teams in session stink. <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, if the Tigers keep winning, we'll talk about them, but that's pretty much it. I am going to start doing some pods. We are going to start doing some stuff where it's just general comedy. Got some AirPods. That was fun. My hair's getting long. I can't stand it. I feel like I had another topic. Maybe something about spaghetti. I made spaghetti for dinner. It was geese in the chum. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Just random comedy life stuff. Getting away. I want to get away from sports a little bit because I come into these, dude, especially out of football season. It's so tough. And now the college hoops is over. I come into these and I'm like, 
It's the Pistons, the Tigers, and the Red Wings. Like, what the fuck am I going to say? I don't want to just be angry for 40 minutes. I don't want to do that. But what else am I going to talk about? The 1999 Red Wings? Like, I don't, I don't know. Quick, or well, not a quick break. That's all I got today. Um, I appreciate everybody. The secondstring.com, the new Padres design will be out this weekend. Roll Pods, that's my team for this year. Local, kind of, like hour and a half, two hours from San Diego. They're fucking geese. Petco rules. Their jerseys are nice. I love their colors. My friends from here, my friends from MSU, who I knew in California, or I know in California, they're San Diego boys. Roll Pods. We'll catch you guys next time.